If you're a fan of the National Football League, college football, if you have a son who is a recreational athlete, you probably have heard about the issue of concussions and the fact that concussions are becoming a major part of the fabric of professional sports, college sports, and many of our lives. Today we're going to talk about concussions and maybe what we should talk with our patients about, how to deal with it, and we have someone who is very well equipped to deal with it. His name is John Roman. John Roman played seven years in the National Football League with the New York Jets. He also went on to a 30-year successful career on Wall Street, but he has a passion for the game, and as CEO of Defend Your Head, a sports safety equipment company based in Philadelphia, and a, a project called the Protect, it's designed to protect the heads of people during football. We're going to talk certainly about that, but in addition, we're going to spend a good deal of time talking about concussions, the issues surrounding it, and what you should advise your patients. Welcome to Primary Care Today. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and my guest, as I said, is John Roman. John, welcome to the program. Yeah, great pleasure to be here. Tell me a little bit, um, you played pro football. When you were playing, and you were playing with the Jets, you played at the highest level. Did you see um, concussions on a routine basis? Did you notice it? Were you aware of it? What was the, went back when you played, what was the sense surrounding concussions? Well, unfortunately, during my era, um, the way that you define concussions today versus my era was very, very different. Um, you had to be knocked out completely for someone to acknowledge that indeed you had a concussion. So, you know, today when we think of concussions um, from a strict definition perspective, we look at uh, symptoms like uh, confusion and headache and loss of consciousness and dizziness, uh, nausea, you know, attributes such as that that uh, certainly define concussion very differently than when I played. Sad but true. And we, of course, now know so much more than we used to know years ago. We know about CTE and the effects mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, 30 years ago, I, no one was talking about that. They didn't even make the association. Um, as that knowledge has evolved, were you following it um, as it as it evolved? I would imagine as a football player who probably had your share of, of head trauma over the years, that was something of a concern. Well, you know, I've had at least three concussions. And again, by the old definition, having been knocked out, and it's certainly been a um, a high-level topic, as you might imagine, in, in, even in my own family. Um, and we never really understood uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy and the ramifications of that. It, it hasn't truly been, um, if, I, if I were to be perfectly transparent for a moment, until the last uh, five years where I became much more active um, as I understood and was educated uh, about CTE, um, about exposure to low-impact hits, uh, collisions over sustained periods of time, uh, and the implications of some of the players that have been, uh, I think everyone's been reading about, it really hit home with me because uh, there were so many great lessons and and, uh, aspects of the game that, that really were very helpful to me growing up that I really didn't want to see the game taken down by um, ICT and, and other, other effects and want to be part of the game being safer. You know, you mentioned that aspect of football. Obviously, I played through eighth grade, you played through the NFL, but I do remember um, very much in other sports, having played tennis and going through college playing that sport, was a lot of what I learned in football of all sports was what I learned 
about hanging in there, you know, being tough, don't accept no for an answer, the value of team, a lot of those things, even at that low level of play as a grade schooler, that seemed like it was more impactful for me than just any other sport I played. And growing up, like when we did, we we played our football, basketball, baseball, later got into tennis. You know, we all did all those sports. Football seemed mm-hmm. to have that unique element. Well, you know, it, it truly does. It's, it's teamwork. It's leadership. It's work ethic. It's, um, it's learning, quite frankly, how to, to deal uh, with uh, in, in a social setting. Um, one of the great lessons that I had, I mean, I'm the, the son of a bus driver, the oldest of five children. Uh, we lived paycheck to paycheck. Um, I'm sure there were, there were many more challenging stories than mine of, of players that I was associated with. But as I think about it, the, the, you know, the, the opportunity to um, be part of a, uh, a unit where you're working with young men from all segments of society uh, was so invaluable. Um, just learning how to relate uh, to um, African-American, you know, Latinos, Asians, uh, all former teammates of mine, uh, it was a great life lesson, and I think for my financial services career, truly was a driving force between many of the leadership roles that I had. So um, those are the, the kinds of, of of lessons and aspects of the game that uh, I hope can survive in some shape or form for future generations. I'm going to ask you a question, which is a tough question. I think I know the answer because you're you're working on products to help kids and to help everybody, uh, but. What about youth? Do you think they still should be playing football? Is there a point they shouldn't play? What's your recommendation for parents or physicians who are advising parents about whether kids should play? That's a great question, and it is a tough question. Um, If you listen to Dr. Robert Cantu, associated with Boston University, um, you know, he would suggest that uh, you engage in flag football or non-contact football until the age of 14. Um, if you listen to uh, Dr. Riley, associated with Stanford University, um, he would suggest in some of the studies that he's um, referenced, such as a study done by a Mayo Clinic, that uh, you're at no greater risk for uh, neurological diseases later in life than you might have been in the band or glee club. I mean, that sounds fairly uh, fairly aggressive stance. Um, it, it may be somewhere in between there. I do believe uh, that the game is so much safer than uh, when I played. Um, people and parents find that hard to believe, but uh, I think that the statistics are, you know, will bear that out. Um, as an example, there's been 39 rule changes in football over the last uh, several years. When I played, the, you know, the uh, head slap was legal. Um, Chop back block was legal. Defenseless hitting was legal. There's greater transparency and education about concussion and proper concussion protocol and return to play rules. Um, there are certainly evidence of uh, safer equipment. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll have, it's not funny, but um, I'll bring my old jet helmet with me and I'll, I'll say to um, the audience, would you let your son, or if I'm in Texas, by the way, where the ladies play tackle football, would you let your son or daughter use this helmet? And they, they all look at me like, uh, I must have suffered brain trauma. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I think that they they appreciate that the equipment is where I'm going is so much safer today, um, and you know the playing surfaces are much safer than uh, when I played. And so I do think you're seeing an evolution in the game. And then finally, I would offer, and sorry to be long-winded, but there's uh, so much on this subject, uh, a, a comment that was also made by uh, Dr. Shapiro, another neurologist that I've done some panel study work with. She observed uh, the statistics of those participating in football, and uh, I think of there's about 3 million youth football players between the age of 9 and 14 and only uh, one out of three that play at that level will even go on to high school. There's about one million plus, according to the National Federation of High School Statistics, on high school-aged kids participating in football. And then you break that down again to 70,000 that are at the collegiate level, and then you drop off to a way less than 1%, uh, where it's uh, 1,069 is the exact number of active players at the NFL level. So the point being is, is that um, many players, such as yourself, you, you, you gain a lot of those great attributes of the game and leadership and teamwork and work ethic, um, but you do not progress in your football career. You pursue other interests. Um, and, and so the likelihood of a, um, of a young man playing football at a younger age, um, is greatly decreased by reason of they are more likely than not, statistics tell us, not to progress in their football career. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. My guest is John Roman, former NFL Jets player, CEO, Defend Your Head. Um, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and we have about five more minutes in the program. Tell me a little bit about the new helmet technology that you've developed and you're involved with. Well, 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 yes. Um, you know, I'd start with the premise that we don't believe that the uh, today's helmets, hard polycarbonate exterior surface is the best approach to manage exterior impact force. Uh, we believe it's actually the combination of our outer shell protective helmet cover and the helmet itself's inner shell technology that actually keeps players safest in football collisions. And so the way we manage that exterior force in our outer shell product that we call the ProTec is that it has a proprietary deflection formula that upon impact, anywhere 360 around the helmet, it will absorb and dissipate. It will retard. It will slow down the energy transfer that would otherwise occur in a hard shell, hard shell, helmet-to-helmet collision. Uh, it has a slipperier surface than the polycarbonate surface, which makes the blows much more glancing. And we've developed a, a unique attachment system that wherever it's impacted, it will actually move independent of the helmet, therefore guiding force away. And then the attachment system returns the helmet cover to its original position. What this all means from our perspective uh, is that uh, we believe that uh, our product has the ability to reduce force and therefore reduce the level of head trauma. Is it being used in various uh, leagues, different levels of age groups or things? 
Um, I'm happy to tell you that uh, this is our rollout uh, year, and we have over 120 schools in the queue already. Um, our first um, college to uh, use the product uh, is Holy Cross University, and we have a number of other universities that we'll be announcing uh, shortly, as well as a number of high schools and, and some in the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, which is by design, um, and we are um, hopeful uh, that we will continue to grow in the marketplace as people become uh, more aware of our product in this our initial launch year. Is this something you see someday the NFL taking a look at if they haven't already? You know, I really do. Um, I do think it's it's just a matter of exposure at this point. Um, we do have our first initial meeting. Uh, coming up here next month uh, um, to begin uh, the process of the NFL's scrutiny. Um, and I do believe that the the product will resonate well um, at that level because uh, if not anything else I could think of for the moment, it would be that the forces are so much greater. You know, the highest ever recorded uh, impact forces were at the NFL level, as you would well imagine, because of the size and speed of today's players. It's been just over 125 Gs, according to Stefan Duma, Professor Duma at Tech, whereas lineman collisions register in that 30 to 50 Gs force at the pro level. So, And you ratchet down those numbers, as you might imagine, when you go to college and then high school, and then the forces are are substantially lower at the youth level. But at any level, if you uh, have a product that can reduce force, uh, including the NFL, I do think it's going to capture the attention because players, uh, for all the things that you're reading about, uh, whether they be high-profile or low-profile, players really do and are much more cognizant today about their safety than they probably were during my era. Anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Um, you know, just that I'm, I'm so proud of uh, our leadership team. Um, you know, it's easy for me to take the bow but, uh, as CEO, but we, we have an alignment of top industry uh, sports and business leaders uh, who have the same passion as I do to reduce head trauma in football and make the playing experience safer so uh, players indeed can can truly, uh, you know, play safe and play on. You know, people like Joe Banner, the former president of the Eagles, is on our board and, and uh, a strong supporter. Uh, Gene DiFilippo, the former AD at Villanova and Boston College. Uh, the great former coach, Jackie Sherrill. Um, we just have a growing list. Uh, Lou Tilly, who... Many may remember in this area, sure. um, um, just a, a bunch of solid, uh, well-meaning professionals who truly care um, about the game, and specifically at the youth level, which is really where we want to point our guns initially. Well, John Roman, I want to thank you for taking the time for joining us on Primary Care today. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash Primary Care today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series Thank you for listening, and thank you again, John. My pleasure.